Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Catherine Morehouse. Saudi Arabia believes that emissions from renewable energy sources like wind and solar are a growing threat to the Earth's climate. The controversial stance was revealed in a Saudi government document obtained by Corbin Heyer from Politico's e News. And it could complicate negotiations at the United Nations Climate Summit, happening right now in Dubai. So today, we chat with Corbin about what the biggest oil player in the world has to say about renewables why their stance is not scientifically sound, and how this may impact COP28 negotiations. It's Friday, December 8th. This is the text of a speech that a Saudi energy ministry official drafted for a pre-COP meeting in Abu Dhabi at the end of October. It shows that Saudi Arabia is behind closed doors, rhetorically embracing carbon removals, but they're doing so for a somewhat unusual reason. They're claiming that carbon removals are necessary to offset emissions from renewable energy installations, which don't produce greenhouse gas emissions when creating energy. They're claiming that a lot of emissions are hiding in the supply chains of wind, solar, and other types of renewable energy hardware. And it's kind of a big deal because removals are playing a much larger role in the fight against climate change right now. Having potential bad faith actors setting the terms of the debate could limit their effectiveness as a way to address climate change. You kind of touched on this, but I just want to put a fine point on it. I think it's fair to say that that perspective on wind and solar's emissions versus fossil fuels is well outside the scientific consensus on what the world needs to do in order to mitigate climate change. So I'm wondering in that vein, can you explain some of the pushback against the Saudi stance and kind of lay out how this stance contradicts the data that we have? Well, I think there's an active argument playing out right now at COP28 about the best way to decarbonize the world. Places like Saudi Arabia and the host country, the United Arab Emirates, favor controlling emissions from fossil fuels rather than switching to other forms of energy which don't release greenhouse gas emissions while generating energy. Saudi Arabia, on the one hand, says that they feel that, in this speech that we obtained, said that they view renewables as an integral part of the solution, but they talk about the life cycle analysis of renewables. And that refers specifically to all of the emissions associated with mining, refining, manufacturing, transportation, installation, maintenance, and disposal of things like solar photovoltaics and wind turbines. They're suggesting that that's a very dirty process And independent researchers and U.S. government scientists have found that it's not really that big of a deal. And to the extent that more mining equipment is being electrified and, you know, we're using more electric vehicles, that supply chain is only going to get cleaner. And you know in your reporting that the Saudi stance here is not necessarily shocking. And it's actually quite consistent with their public rhetoric, which you also laid out a bit. Could you talk us through how that stance has impacted negotiations and specifically the push from other nations at COP28 to phase out fossil fuels. 
Well, we're one week into COP. The uh, big decisions are always at the end of the uh, summits. So much remains to be determined. You know, we're already seeing in draft texts, one came out on Tuesday that specifically mentioned calling for substantially scaling up globally by 2030, zero and low emission technologies, including abatement and removal technologies. So this is definitely in the mix and how this ends up playing out, whether it stays in the final texts, whether it crowds out support for decarbonizing technologies like renewables, sends signals to investors that there's international support for carbon capture and carbon removal. We're not going to know until the end of COP. It seems like there are kind of two central technologies that Saudi Arabia and the UAE are banking on here, and those are carbon removal and carbon capture. We know these technologies have struggled to reach commercial scale, and I'm wondering if you can catch us up on how petrostates have prioritized these technologies and whether they've made any headway on actually making them commercially viable. So carbon capture has been around for decades, and the U.S. government, companies, um, other Western nations have spent billions of dollars on attempting to make carbon capture commercially viable for fossil fuel burning facilities with very limited success. Carbon removal is a, a newer technology that seeks to take carbon dioxide directly out of the air. And I think that part of the skepticism surrounding Saudi Arabia and the UAE and other petro states and frankly oil companies embracing these technologies is it's not really backed by the tremendous resources that these countries have. Saudi Arabia has one operating carbon capture facility, the same with, with the UAE. And, you know, we've seen a lot of activity around announcements and promises, studies, but not a whole lot of actually breaking ground and operating carbon capture or carbon removal facilities. Also, U.S. Climate Envoy John Kerry told the Politico Power Play podcast that the United States must end oil and gas subsidies to achieve its climate goals. The subsidies are crazy, and we have them still in the United States. President Biden has said we've got to get rid of these subsidies. But again, you have to get, you know, you have to legislate to do that. And we've been uh, pretty gridlocked in our country for a period of time. Kerry is currently in Dubai for the COP28 summit, and he's preparing to welcome the U.S. Republican congressional delegation later this week. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Nermal Malichael is the podcast producer. Kara Tabor and Alex Keeney edited the podcast this week. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. And that's our show. I'm Catherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back on Monday. Today's program support is provided by Chevron. Progress means producing renewable fuels for today's fleets. Chevron intends to grow their renewable fuels production capacity to 100,000 barrels per day by 2030. That's energy in progress. 
Learn more at chevron.com slash renewable fuels.